0: Hi, and welcome again to another episode of It's the Love of God for Me podcast. I am your host, Lanisha, and as always, I am grateful for the privilege to share the precious word of the living God with you. With that being said, let us enter into the holies of holies through the blood of the Lamb. Let us pray. Eternal God and our Father, Lord, we come before your presence. We thank you, Lord, that it is only your grace and your mercy while we are still alive. And as we are about to break bread of your precious word throughout this season, O God, we ask, Father, that your will be done. We decrease in self and we ask for the precious Holy Spirit every time we divide the word to be with us and bring the revelation to us, Lord. Father, we know that you cannot be taught, you have to be revealed, so we ask that you will reveal unto us the deep sayings of your word. We give you thanks as we get our hearts ready, and we come against every plans of our enemy, the adversary, to devour the words which you have released unto us through your Holy Spirit. We bless your name, and it is in no other name that we pray, but in the precious name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, our soon-coming King. So shall it be.
1: Amen and amen. Hi,
0: guys. um... Welcome back to another episode of It's the Love of God for Me. Again, I am your host, Lanisha, and I'm so grateful to God to be back here with you another day. This is the day that God has made, and we ought to rejoice and be glad in it. I'm a little bit shy, and I don't know why. (laughs) I don't know why I'm a little bit shy today. I guess it's because... I have decided to bring on board my Instagram family. Um, I don't know. I might just end this live because it's so funny. Listen, God will give each of us the things that he knows we can bear. There's a saying that says God will not give us more than what we can bear. I really do believe that to be true because... For me, God knows me. He knows my personality. And he knows that there's just some things I just I don't know. It's like I just don't know if I can bear. I can't do. And one of these things are just public speaking. I need to get over that. Is it a phobia or whatever that is? I need to get over that. Um <clears throat> That uh, I don't want to call it fear. I think fear is a strong word to use in this case for me. But I need to get over that little hurdle as it relates to public speaking. When I'm just speak in front of persons like... I, don't know, I just get shy. <laughs> I get really, really, really shy. And um, it's so funny because behind the scene... Like if I'm just recording audible, not video-wise... I'm so bold. And then there are times when I do go live on my social media platforms and I'm bold about it. It's just, I don't know. But in most cases, I'm usually shy. Shy. It's just that persons cannot tell that I'm actually shy when I am face-to-face speaking. But nevertheless, um, you know, we just have to do what we have to do. And so I just wanted to invite my Instagram family For them just to see, um, you know, get a glimpse into what it is like to be in the studio of It's the Love of God for Me podcast. Um, I don't think I'm going to keep this live running too long though because I, one, my battery is dying and two, I don't want to be distracted having to look over to my right, Every minute, that's where the phone is positioned to see what's happening over there, you know, or see persons are commenting or anything like that. Anyhow, guys, that's that. We are wrapping up on season five, and we just want to kind of polish off things in this episode, right? Before we go into the finale. Awesome. So in the last episode... We talked about a lot of things. We talked about repentance and why we need repentance. And today in this episode, we want to focus, as promised, we are going to focus on the process of salvation, which include repentance and baptism. All right, so we know that... um, Salvation is the gift of God, and we know the falling state that we are in as human beings. We cover all of that in this season, and now it's time to dive a little bit more into salvation itself and how we can apply that gift of God upon our lives. All right, and again, in the last episode, it starts with repentance. It starts with recognizing that... Um, <clears throat> Sorry, it starts with recognizing that you need, you need, you need, you need deliverance from the state that you are in. It starts right there. Once you recognize this truth,
1: Hi neighbor, stopping by really quickly to remind you, yes you, that the word of God is quick and powerful. And what this means is that anywhere the word of God hits, there's an instant connection. But guess what? God need our vehicles to transport the word from point A to point B. I transport the word in your life today. Do you want to be the vehicle to transport the word into someone else's life? If so, go ahead and share this word on your social media platforms and be a blessing unto others. Let us together fulfill the word of God that says, Go ye out and preach to all nations. Also remember to like, subscribe, and leave your comment in the comment section below. I am so happy to have you as a part of this community. God bless you. May the Lord continue to shine His face upon you and to grant you grace in all your ways. Remember, acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. See you later.
0: then you are one step closer to being free from the master of sin. And that is the first step of repentance, is actually recognizing the falling state that you are in. And I'm sorry if it sounds like I'm repeating the same things, um, like I've said in previous episodes, but I really want you to get that in your mind, all right? And if it takes me repeating that a thousand times, that's what I'm going to do. It's recognizing that you need a savior. And so that is the first step of repentance. And then now, in order for you to turn from the sin that you're in, you will start by confessing because when you recognize that you are a sinner and you need grace you will start to confess this to the lord so confession goes something like this lord i acknowledge my sin before you can i just pray a minute or two of confession a prior that represent confession So you can have an idea in case you never prayed in this direction before. Let us approach the throne of God for a minute, confessing our sins. Eternal, gracious God, we come before your presence. Recognizing, Lord God, that you are the only wise God, that there is no other God beside thee. So Father, we are here to confess our sins before you. Because we recognize or I recognize that I'm a sinner, that I've fallen short of your word. I've heard many teachings concerning your laws and your principles and your way of righteousness. And I realize that I am nowhere near that, nor do I know how to become what you have stated in your word. But I've also heard that Jesus Christ is my only way my only truth, my only life. So Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. And I ask you, Lord, that you will wash and cleanse me from my sin. I confess that I am a sinner. I confess that I've lied. I confess that I have stolen. Maybe I didn't do it yesterday, but I'm sure some point in my life from a child till now that I'm praying this prayer, God, I know that I've done some things that are contrary to your word and so gracious lord jesus christ you are my savior you are my god you are my king i confess that you are lord and savior and i confess that god has raised you from the dead and has given you a name that is above every name and so lord jesus christ i'm asking you to wash me and cleanse me from my sin and i now receive the gift of salvation as it is written, Lord, you said, if I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that you raise Christ from the dead, I shall be saved. So I thank you, Father, as you provide that way for me to be saved. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Now, you don't have to pray in using the same words that I've prayed. And I pray, God, as I pray that prayer, is not just for me, but for those who are listening that are in that state. Um, you don't have to pray exactly what I'm saying. And I'm not saying to you, if you don't use the words or in order, the way in which I use them, it doesn't mean, it means that God won't hear you or that's not the right way to pray. I prayed like that just to help you to hear, you know, the kind of approach that you want to approach the Lord. Um, just to acknowledge if you listen in while I was praying and I was praying from my perspective of the fact that I recognize that I, I need the grace of God. And so you could hear me saying to God that I, I see my need for a Savior. I realize that I'm in a fallen state and I need you to cleanse me from this sin. And I I also used scriptures that, that has been written that God has said to support what I'm saying before him. All right, so as you confess your sins, you want to really just pour your heart out to the Lord. I tell people all the time, when you go to pray, don't pray as though you are reciting the um, you're reciting a scripture. You must pray from your heart. Pray in the sense that you're talking to a person, as though you talk to a friend. It's like a conversation. So there are times, throughout the prior that you would need to pause and to meditate on what you're saying and and to listen and to think and to see if God will even speak in that moment. But you need to just have that kind of communication with the Lord. Just be open, be honest about the state that you're in, the things you have done. Maybe there are things you want to confess to God that no one else has ever heard, you know, or know that you have done these things. You can always tell God about them. The Bible says, He that covers his sin shall not prosper. If you want to inherit the blessings of the Lord, don't cover up your sin before him. Don't justify them. Let him know I have this inner knowledge about sin, God, and I realize that I really do need, I need deliverance. I need I need to be restored. And so as you confess those sins to the Lord then the scripture says God will make a way for you to be saved. Not that you are saved when you confess the sins. It doesn't mean that, yes, you have received salvation. No, no. I see that teaching that is very popular amongst us these days. They tell you to say the sinner prior. And after you pray that prior, they tell you that you're saved. It's a life from the pit of hell. God says he will provide a way for you to be saved. And what this means is that the process of salvation has now begun because you you believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. You believe that Jesus Christ is your only way to be delivered from this state that you're in. And you have confessed this before God. Now God will make a way. It could be five years from now. I've said this before. Two years from now, one year, a couple months, from now however he will provide that way for you to be saved amen and um, you just keep on believing in your heart and keep on confessing this before God and in the right time and season God will connect you to the right church the right people the right resources so that you can be set free from sin Next, after you, when God now provides this way, this is where now God has made the provision for you to be to be saved. You have an experience that is called the water baptism and the spirit baptism. Now, according to Acts 2.38, it says, Repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I want you to know that even though the scripture puts it in that order that you need to repent first and then be baptized by water so you could be baptized by the spirit. I must say based on my personal experience not to say the scripture shouldn't it will not be in that order but in my own personal experience once once I I sincerely confessed my sins and repented before the Lord repented by telling him I wanted to give that up I wanted to turn I wanted a new leaf I experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost first and there's some ministry that they they promote being baptized by the Spirit of Christ before water baptism and I really think it's it's really important when we do it that way seek to be baptized by the Spirit of God first Because that is where the real, real transformation takes place. All right. And so um, what does it mean to be baptized by the spirit of Christ? Let's talk about that first. What is the spirit of Christ? Well, according to the promises of the Lord Jesus Christ, when he was here, he did promise us to send us what we call, what we know as the Holy Ghost, the comforter and the the Holy Spirit. He is the teacher. All right. He is the final dispensation of the manifestation of the glory of God amongst man. So he's the final dispensation of who God is. And he is here to remind us of all things concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. So he's here as our helper, our supporter. Remember how I told you in the previous episode that, you know, the Holy Spirit will work with you to transform your life? right that's what he's here for he's here to help you to grow in the spirit right so he's he's like that caregiver okay you know how we as parents we have our children and we leave them in the hands of caregivers at times so the holy spirit in this essence of god he is the caregiver already right, is a, a part of God that has come now to nurture us and to feed us in the spirit. The Bible lets us know that when we receive that baptism of the spirit of God, we are actually being born in the spirit. Jesus Christ said to Nicodemus in scriptures, unless a man be born by the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And, um, Nicodemus was confused about this because he was very old at the time. He was one of the teachers of the scribe and he was asking, you know, how can a man be born again? I, I'm, I mean, I'm this old, can I be reborn in my mother's womb? And Jesus said to him, Nicodemus, in other words, you're the teacher of the law. You should understand what I'm saying. But nevertheless, this means that you, there's a different birth that takes place aside from the, spirit, the physical birth. And Jesus said, that that is born of the flesh is flesh. Okay, that that is born of man is man. But that that is born of the spirit is spirit. That that is born of the spirit is God. So when you receive the baptism of the spirit of Christ, which is also called in scripture is the spirit of truth. He is the truth. He, he has come to guide you in all truth. When you receive that spirit on the inside of your temple, which is your body, you find it that your name is now written in the book of life. You have been born or regenerated into a new kingdom as a son of God. You now have a new identity, which is the seal of God is upon you. Um, and many other, many other wonderful, wonderful things concerning the baptism of the Spirit of God. So it is Christ's spirit that has come down to. To live in the side inside of man before the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ, because that's what the gospel is all about. The death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Before that took place, the Holy Spirit, he was always here. He was here to, or the Spirit of God, he was always here. He was here, he was upon David, he was upon many prophets, right? But not living in inside of them. Right. Or maybe, maybe they were. I don't know. What do I know? I mean, can can our mind understand the things of God unless he gives us the revelation? Who knows? But Jesus Christ came to put man right with God. I know that much. And now we have the ability to receive the spirit of Christ within us before. We there was no I don't think the Holy Spirit baptized anyone before the day of Pentecost, um, with the apostles. Um, yeah, so basically that's just, um, baptism of the spirit in a nutshell. Um, and believe you me, when I tell you this baptism is so powerful, judging by experience, it's, it's, it's supernatural. It's mind blowing. It's really nothing that you have ever experienced before. And it gives you a set of lens that you never had before. You start to hear things from the spirit perspective. You start to see the world from the spirit perspective. You started to see sin from the spirit perspective and all of that. And Paul describes it as walking in the spirit. So your life now begin to groom by the spirit of God. Um, and when you receive this baptism, you also receive authority over devils amen so you now have the authority over the enemy and over demonic powers that will try to come and and um, oppose you with your walk with God. the Bible lets us know the enemy comes to kill steal and destroy so he's always looking for something to destruct but you now have the warrant against him you have the power the legal right over him um, and you you he is subjected unto you. Being as you are a now son of God. Just as you see it in the natural, when a baby is born from the mother's womb, he needs to go through that stage of life to become an adult. And so the mother has to care and feed him and clothe him and do all that stuff that the child cannot do for itself. And there comes a time now when the parents ex- expect that the child ought to help itself. So when the child gets to age six, seven, eight, mommy's no longer bathing the baby. The baby should know by now how to bathe itself because mommy would have taught the baby how to bathe itself. And this is a shadow of the how things works in the spirit. Remember, we talked about manifestations in the natural and how it existed somewhere else before. So um, when you're born in the spirit, you find it that you are now um, a baby and you are being fed with things that a baby would be felt fed with in the spirit, such as things of God in the form of milk. And then you get to the stage where the things of God are fed to you in the form of soft food and then hard food and so on and so forth till you learn to make your own food. All right. This does not mean that the Holy Spirit leaves you. He just means that there's some things he expects you to understand by now amen so for example um there's some things that some believers um that have been walking with the lord for five years like say for example they should understand and 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 so there's no need for the holy spirit to teach them that because the holy spirit would have spent earlier years when they were a baby in christ you know um teaching them giving them revelations concerning certain things, are giving us revelations concerning certain things. So now that you receive the spirit of Christ, you are no longer a slave to sin because you are now purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ from that master. You will have desire, like I said before, to do sin, but we're talking about growing in the spirit, right? The more you grow in the spirit, the less those desires become. And you grow in the spirit by eating the things of the spirit, such as the word of the living God, feeding on prayer, feeding on fasting. Mother Millicent Margon, one of um, my one of the persons I look up to in the kingdom of the Lord, she always says this to me. She said, Eat up the pages of the book. Not physically eating it, but spiritually, eat up, especially. And she'll give me some books to eat up from the Bible. And she says, eat up. Fasting—you have to have fasting packed under your belt, and I—I—I I, I am starting to understand why. Because fasting really—it takes you from glory to glory. That's the best way I can put it. It really does. Amen. And so, again, sin versus the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When you now receive the Spirit of Christ and you begin to feed on the spiritual food your spirit man begins to grow. And the more your spirit man grow, grow, the more it has a, a control over the flesh. And the more it has control over the flesh, the less your desires, sorry, my tongue is Swiss. The more your spirit man have control over the flesh, the less the desires will be. And things that used to excite you in sin, for example, with me, I used to get excited about going to parties. Now I'm in Christ. I have no desire to go to those places. And God forbid, let's say it happened that I was somewhere and I happened to, I had to buy, by really based on the situation. I had to stop at a particular spot that a party is going on there. Um, or I get invited to, let's say, a birthday dinner, and inside this place, this immediately started a party. And the people I travel with, they don't want to drop me on because they're not ready, and I don't have my purse on me to get a Uber, so I have to stay. The whole time in my mind, I'm, I'm thinking, why am I here? I don't need to be here. I don't know if you ever find yourself in a position like that as a Christian. I have, I have. And the whole time I think to myself, why I do not need to be in this place. Why am I here? As you hear the songs, your spirit cringe, you know? And these were the same songs that I used to dance to and, and do all kinds of things to. So that's just an example of going in the spirit. Some things you just lose a desire for them. They no longer excite you. You just don't want to have nothing to do with them, right? And again, if you say you mess up and you lie to someone, I mean, immediately, grace is there to help you. You repent, renounce that, and you keep it moving forward with the Lord. Now, there's so many things that is wrapped up about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But um, consider it this way. You have now received power over the devil and also the works of your flesh. And that is what you need so that you do not lose your soul and then you enter into water baptism and there there's there's so much going on around this this topic water baptism and how you should be baptized there's some who says you should be baptized in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit because of Jesus Jesus said Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And um, I'm not here to say who's wrong and who's right, and there's some who says that you should be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. but I'll tell you why I support being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Um, I find it that many persons who run with the idea, of being baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And maybe some of you that are on here today, you are baptized in this manner as well. You probably not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but you have been baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit before. Let this be an enlightenment to you. Um, I'm not here to say you're wrong and I'm right. I'm just here to give you the scriptures itself. Based on what I've studied in scriptures, I realized that many people who run with this idea of being baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit as the true baptism, they are usually people that has not taken the time to study the scriptures and to put them together. They only read that one verse that Jesus said this and they ran with that. They don't have the revelation behind what Jesus Christ had said. So I'm here to Arrest that case um, in this episode, and I will talk some more about it in other seasons. Yes, it is true, Jesus Christ did say that. And yes, it is true, we should do whatever the Lord says. But the revelation behind what Christ has said is what you need to know. Remember that Christ had verbally spoken to, for example, the Pharisees. And many times they were there and they heard the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. But did they understood the revelation behind the teachings? No, they did not. That's why they could not receive him. It's not that they didn't hear verbally what he was saying, but the revelation was hidden from them. When you read the word of God, ask the God of the word to give you the revelations. That's all I say about that part. Now, according to scriptures, Jesus Christ said, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I'm speaking a little bit fast here because we are almost out of time for this episode. So he says, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But you must know also that further down in that scripture, um, Philip had asked the Lord, um, show us the Father because Jesus Christ always made reference to the Father. And Philip said, I want to see the Father. We want to see this Father that you're talking about. Jesus Christ responded to Philip, it's in your Bible. He said, Philip, I have been with you this long, and you're asking me to show you the Father? I and the Father are one. When you see me, you see the Father. We are one. Jesus Christ was saying to Philip in that moment, I am the physical manifestation of the Father. The Father is the Spirit and I am the flesh of the Father. Now, with that being said, the name Father, the name Son, etc., that is a title. That's what you must know. You learned this in school. Father cannot be the name of a person. Even though you're somebody's father, somebody's uncle, somebody's mother, somebody's sister, when you go to the bank to do transactions, the teller do not want to hear if you ask, if they ask, what's your name? And you say, my name is Mother, will that allow your transaction to be processed? No. They want your real God given name, which is Sarah, which is. Which is um Mary. I'm just calling some persons that I know out of my head, but yeah, right. So they want your real name. And, and 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 so you have to understand that these are titles, and the name of God is Jesus Christ, because the scripture let us know that Christ was given a name above all name. All right, so he's known as Jehovah. Yahweh, Adonai, and he is the same Jesus Christ. I know that's a lot to understand. Trust me, the things of God, it is very, yeah, it is very deep. But we have access to the spirit of wisdom and we just have to pray for revelations. Acts 4 verse 28, let us know neither there is no, there is salvation in any other. But there is none other name under the heaven given to men whereby we must be saved. Key word here, name. The scripture did not said names, but name, which means one name. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is three names, three titles rather, okay? And so I want you to understand this truth. Another thing, if demon come up against you, do you call for the name of the father? Do you say, I rebuke you in the name of father? Do you say, I rebuke you in the name of the Holy Spirit? No, you have to use the name that is above all name. And you always use the name that is above all name when you're in trouble. And when demons come against you, you call for the name of Jesus So why wouldn't you want to take on that same name in water baptism? That's something you have to ask yourself. And the Bible says there is no other name under the heaven whereby we can be saved. And another thing, which I think the final thing I want to point out about the water baptism in Jesus Christ's name, is that, I mean, if you say that Christ is your father, then why not take off his name, take on his name? But another thing I want to point out to you as well is that if you search the scriptures, it's all there in your Bible. Okay, don't take my word for it. Study the scriptures. If you study the scriptures, you will also see that the apostles they did not baptize anyone in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, even though Jesus Christ commissioned those words to them. And I can find and read to you many scriptures, but for time's sake, I can't know. But you have your Bibles, you can study many scriptures that tells us that. The apostles had baptized many persons in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Very specific. Um, There were some disciples of John that the apostles had met. They were baptized unto John. Um, They did not receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the apostles prayed for them. They got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible lets us know verbatim that they were baptized in Jesus Christ's name. So I don't know about you, because I've not seen in scriptures where anyone was baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, because those are titles. I won't take that chance either. I will do it the way I see the apostles do it, and that is baptized in Jesus Christ's name. And I have taken the name of the Lord in water baptism. And water baptism also represents a public declaration. You're letting the world know that you have decided to bury your old self in Christ and take on a new resurrection in his identity. And that is all for today, folks. (laughs) I do hope that you learned something from this episode today. Until next time, may our gracious God continue to shine his face down upon you and your family. May he grant you grace in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Go ahead and share today's episode with two of your friends. God bless you.